welcome to another episode of the Arizona Timeless Tours podcast. I hope everybody is having a safe holiday out there. That everybody is staying healthy and and we're just right we're a day away from 2021 is when I'm doing this podcast. I'm getting one in right under the radar here of 2021. Today we're going to be talking about a special observation area at the Mesa Gateway Airport that a lot of people don't know about. So I'm going to tell you about that. I was out there today and it was spectacular with about 20 other people out there looking at the flight line at some unbelievable aircraft. And we're also going to be talking about the Titan Missile Museum about 20 miles south of Tucson. That's right, the Titan Missile Museum. I'm going to take you on a journey of, of when I went down there. And I think I was there probably close to a year ago now. Uh, it was the last time I was at the Titan Missile Museum, and uh, I just enjoyed it immensely. So I'm like, I'm going to do a podcast on it. And I looked at my YouTube analytics just before coming on air, just for kicks and giggles. And uh, lo and behold, the number one video on there is on the Titan Missile Museum. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I haven't even thought about that uh, YouTube video in about a year. And I went out there, and lo and behold, it's number one on my channel. Okay, so before we get to all that, where can you find the Arizona Timeless Tours? What other social media platform can you find me on? Well, here we go. Let me take a deep breath. And these are the social media platforms you can find me on. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, MeWe, Rumble, Parler, all at the Arizona Timeless Tours. And then across the podcasting platforms, you can find me on Anchor, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcast. So again, thank you everybody who supports this podcast. It is greatly appreciated. Uh, in my last episode, I talked about a members-only page that I'm looking uh, to get out there around the 2nd or 3rd of February. Um, again, I got a meeting about that soon to see if that's even going to be possible. I got some other things in the works, but that's number one. And if that doesn't uh, pan out, then uh, number two is going to come in, and I will tell you about that on the next podcast. But hopefully I'll have something to you after the 5th of January on whether we're going forward with that members-only page. If you would like to support, for now, the Arizona Timeless Tours podcast and all these platforms and helping me get out and travel around and fill up my gas tank and, and search for more great history, you can um, donate to my PayPal. I'm going to try to put the link below in the show notes here. You can also find it on my YouTube channel up at the right-hand corner. There is that PayPal link. And if you go to the About section on my YouTube channel, you'll see Dean's Adventure Tank. That's the uh, PayPal link. It would be greatly appreciated. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about this observation area that a lot of people don't know about. And I say that because I told people about this place for the last year and a half. And people are like, where is it at? We live two to three miles away from Mesa Gateway Airport. What are you talking about? And let me give you the, I did mark, I did put down the directions. Well, actually, an address. Uh, Barrio Brewing Company. Barrio Brewing Company. The um, That restaurant looks right over the flight line. Actually, if you eat there, you, you can look right onto the flight line as you eat. Or you can go out on their patio. But the... Um, the address to that restaurant is 5803 South Saucerman Road. Let me give it that to you one more time. 5803 South Saucerman Road in Mesa, Arizona. If you put that into your directions, you're going to come to exactly the spot where the observation area is. There's a nice 
piece of uh, green grass there, a little tiny hill there that you can step up on and look over the fence and onto the flight line. And today there were 10 fighter jets. Now, usually they're trainer jets from the Navy and the Air Force and the Marine Corps. But today these were actual jets taken off um, from Mesa Gateway today. And they all park when they land there. They all park right in front of that restaurant. They all park right in front of that viewing area. Take the kids out there. They'll have a blast. Again, 15 to 20 people out there today. A couple of kids. Normally, when I do go out there and there are kids there, they're not complaining or anything, no matter how hot it is out, because they're enjoying listening to those jets, talking to some of the pilots, and just watching the action. It's a pretty cool location. People always ask me, well, how do you know? I don't live that far away from the Mesa Gateway Airport. And uh, you can hear the jets. No matter if you live 10 miles out from it, you can hear the jets. And if I hear more than two or three then I know something's going on over there. And in the last 24 months, the Blue Angels have been there three times. Three times on a refueling mission at Mesa Gateway, and they park right there. And the pilots have come over to the gate and talked, and uh, you watch them, and it's it's awesome, folks. It's not an air show, but you get to see the Blue Angels up close and personal, and you watch them take off. It's absolutely phenomenal. Check it out in the Mesa Gateway Airport, the viewing area. Here is the address again, 5803 South Sossaman Road. Check it out. Tell me what you think when you go. Take the kids. Enjoy it. Hear those jets? Go over there and check it out. All right, let's, uh, let's go to the Titan Missile Museum. This place... <laughs> Again, I just checked my YouTube analytics, which I try to stay away from because they bring me down. This is the number one video on my YouTube analytics in the last 24 hours. The Titan Missile Museum. It's located 20 miles south of Tucson off of the I-19 at exit 69. You're going to turn right. And uh, you're going to drive over to the Titan Missile Museum. It's got a huge sign out front. I took a bunch of pictures with my Jeep out there. And uh, this, this site is one of 54 that were on standby from uh, 1963 to 1987. 1963 to 1987, uh, there were 54 of these silos around the country. And they were located mostly in Kansas, Arkansas, and the great state of Arizona. So this place is, when you, when you first get there, when I first got there, um, I was in a, one of the first tours in the morning. There was only, it was me and five other people. So a total of six, I think they can take up to 12, not positive on that, but I think it's 12. There was a large group after me, but when I got there, uh, there's a few things, uh, that I want to share with you. You can't take a tripod down there. You can't take a bunch of camera equipment down there. And you know me, I'm, I'm traveling with, you know, a GoPro, a DSLR, a tripod, and uh, back then, I was still using my, um, I'm trying to remember what the camera was because I haven't used it in so long. And I'll think about it in a, in a minute. But it's, uh, it just, everything is smooth when you use it. But it requires an internet, internet um, uh, capabilities. And uh, when you're going to go 35 feet below the ground, that internet capability is going to go bye-bye quick. So I left that behind. But I was told uh, when I walked in, uh, before I bought the ticket that I really couldn't, I couldn't take all this equipment down with me. So the one piece of equipment I took was the DSLR uh, Canon T6. That thing has been through it. I'm telling you, as long as I've been doing Arizona Time with Stewards, that was my first camera. And that's the same camera I use today, that DSLR. 
Canon T6. That thing has fallen off the top of the Jeep a couple of times. The lens is so scratched up, I do not know how it still works. I'm afraid to take the lens off because of the amount of dirt. It's fallen off the tripod, so it's about six to six and a half feet up uh, out in the desert with the wind coming. It's fell, fallen into rocks, into the desert sand, and it, it, it the, uh, the desert is caked into that lens area. And if I take that off, I'm afraid that that'll do the camera in. I'll never get that lens back on and that camera won't be good anymore. So as long as it keeps working, I'm going to keep shooting with it. Uh, I can't say enough about that camera. It's, it's doing an unbelievable job. So I took that in uh, with me. Uh, when you enter and you pay, it's been a while. I was going to check it out because I was reading some updated uh, stuff on their website with the COVID-19 problem. And this place is still open seven days a week, folks. And uh, the only thing that I that I was reading through is is you have to wear a mask through the whole thing. You have to wear a mask. And they used to have an elevator that could take you down instead of walking down the stairs. And now what I've read on the website says that you have to walk down the stairs. So if you if you need the elevator, if you can't wear the mask, they're like you might want to postpone your trip to the Titan Museum. So go to their uh, to their website. And uh, check and see if they've changed that. But uh, that's as of this morning. And I believe the cost was still $13.50 for an adult to get in. Now, once you walk in there, uh, you have a small museum there to your left. To your right, you have a small uh, gift shop. Got some great books and stuff, posters and shirts around there. And uh, when they call you for your... Because they'll stamp something, and, and depending on how many people are in there... And how many people are in your group is when your group goes next. And, of course, we were the first ones in, so we were up. And uh, your first journey is a 10-minute video. This is about a 45-minute tops presentation of the whole place. So you start out with a 10-minute video, and it tells you a little bit about the history of the Titan missile and that location that you're at today. And once that ends, there are some hard hats to your right uh, you'll go over there. You'll put a little protector inside the hard hat uh, from the last person that's used it, of course, and put that on your head. Now, it looks goofy, but I'm going to tell you something right now. If you are six feet or taller, six feet or taller, this is going to save your butt about three times because you're going to nail your head no matter, no, it doesn't matter how observant you are. At some point, you're going to turn and you're going to nail your head on one of these bars, and you're going to be glad that you have that hard hat on. Some people were complaining about it, just as some people complain about masks today. People were definitely complaining about having to put this, this what some people would say, ugly hard hat on, and there is a reason for that. So you'll stick that on, and you'll go out to the topside area, as I'll call it. And uh, the gentleman who was giving the tour was absolutely phenomenal. These are all people who donate their time to do these tours. So give them the respect. I mean, it was 90 some odd degrees out already. And this guy was in his late 60s and he was doing a phenomenal job. I just, it was a great, great tour. And uh, so once we get out there, he stops and uh, starts talking about some of the antennas uh, that you'll see out there and uh, the ventilation system that's coming from the top and and how when people came in, uh, they have these sensors that, that, that run the length of the area so you know when somebody's coming into the area, how to phone to get down into there. Just a lot of really cool stuff. Now, I did write a few, a few notes 
and and I apologize because I thought I had everything in order. And for some reason, I am missing a piece of paper. So uh, this next next thing I'm going to tell you is I believe is 100% true. <laughs> um, man, I can't believe I don't have this here. Anyhow, he pointed towards this huge door area out there. And that was the Titan II door. That, that If those doors opened up, civilization as we know it would have come to an end back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But this door, 278 tons, I want to say. I'm going to keep looking through my paperwork, but I believe that it was 270 plus tons. There it is right here. I found it as I'm talking to you. Okay. It weighs 760 tons. So scrap everything I just said. 760 tons. This door over this, this unbelievable weapon was. 760 tons, and it could open in 60 seconds. Think about that for a second. Opens in 60 seconds. Okay, so when he's done talking to you about that, because there's not much left to see topside, we start going down. He opens the door. We start going down. I want to say it's like 58, 59 stairs total, down 35 feet into the ground and we're walking down there and we stop at a, a certain section. He tells us a little bit about like where we're standing before we enter these doors, the, the walls that are eight feet thick. I mean, eight feet thick. He says everything. Look, if we were to take a hit, uh, a hit by a bomb, everything on the outside of this door that we're about to walk in would completely collapse. He's like, now if we were to take a direct hit on the facility, the facility would be done. But he's like, it, it, on all probability, it wouldn't take a direct hit. It, it would be located around it. He's like, once we go through these doors, we're completely safe. So we go through the doors and we walk down the hall. And I'm not going to tell you the whole tour because I want you to go. But as we get down the hall, we enter um, the control center. And this is where a majority of the presentation is going to be given. And uh, when you got 12, to, 12 people in there, we only, you know, I think six I said we had down there. I can't imagine having 12 people in this thing talking in, in for about 25 minutes down there, it get pretty warm. But anyhow, we get down there and, you know, this place is, is, is phenomenal because it's where time stands still. When the place was finally closed, everything remains the same. The only thing that changed, okay, was that the nuclear warhead came off of the bomb because that Titan II does sit in the silo. That is absolutely phenomenal. And the pictures that you get from that down there are unbelievable. This thing is 103 feet tall from bottom to top, folks. It is one large, powerful missile. But so he tells us when we're, we're uh, in the control room, he goes over all the procedures that these people had to follow on a daily basis. All of the, you know, responsibility that was upon these people. And uh, he gets to the keys. And he's talking about the procedures for taking the keys out and setting them on the control console. And he, uh, there, that, 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 of course, there's two separate keys. They're seven and a half feet apart. So when you put them in the control console, you have to turn them at the same time. So it takes two people for, uh, for three seconds. And then it starts launch, and there's no turning back at that point. And um, I'm, I'm trying not to lose my spot as I talk to you here. I want to see what, uh, man, hate when I do this, but this is, this is, this is live stuff for me. This is a live podcast. 
So if you're walking, kind of kind of get your, you know, your, your, your air back and stuff. And so this gentleman was saying that um, the closest that they ever came there to launching a missile was they were as close as putting the keys on the control console. Now, there are procedures to go through before you get to that. And they were as close there as putting the keys on the control console. I can't imagine what the tension in the air was that day. But that was on the November 22nd of 1963. I'm going to give you a second to think about that. What happened on the 22nd of November, 1963? Yeah, John F. Kennedy was shot. And they weren't sure what the involvement of Russia was. So that area went on high alert and those keys were taken out and put out and ready the next step, putting them into uh, the slots to get ready to turn them. November 22nd, 1963. Of course, that didn't happen, uh, That which is very good. Because I always think about, you know, nobody really said anything out there. But, you know, if from 1963 to 1987, if those doors would have opened and that missile would have left that silo, the world as we know it would be either totally different or totally destroyed. Because no, depending on how many we launched and how many the Soviets launched, and the thing about this weapon, it was a deterrent. It was a deterrent to tell the Soviets, don't do it because we have them here. And it was the other way around too. But it, it was just this massive weapon that was a deterrent. That's really all it was. So he's, he's telling us about this missile, and he tells us that you know, how much power is in this Titan II missile? How much power is there? Nine million tons of TNT it's equal to. That warhead is equal to nine million tons of TNT. Now, he breaks it down. He's like, if you have a train set up and you have the engine here in Tucson, and then we started lowing, lo, uh, uh, putting boxcars onto this engine, each boxcar from floor to top would be filled with TNT that boxcar would go all the way up into Canada is where that caboose would be. That, that, that train would be over 1,500 miles long, full of TNT to get to 9 million tons of TNT. That blew me away. That stuck with me. I was like, okay, all right, now I understand it a lot more, a lot more. So uh, after we were finished with that presentation, which was great, we went down the hall and uh, we went right to where the Titan II missile is. You could see it. We're about midway. And uh, you could see up and down. And you're looking at this thing. And I'm telling you, it is impressive. It, it is unbelievably un impressive. I took so many pictures and so much video in there that I forgot half of the thing he was telling us about this, this, this unbelievable missile. And so we were in there. And uh, again, for about 40 to 45 minutes. Uh, when the tour ended, we went back up on top, uh, and then the next tour came down, and then I stayed around the top. So I went to uh, the top, and you can actually, there's a window over the missile on the top now that you can see directly down. So you walk up these stairs to this platform, and you look directly down onto that powerful weapon. And if you, it is sunny, so it's hard to get a good shot. So all I tell you to do with, with your cell phone is just lay your cell phone on the glass and shoot the picture. I have some sensational pictures with my cell phone of that Titan II missile while the sun is like at one o'clock up in the sky. 
and you wouldn't think that the, the picture would come out that great. I have them all over my Instagram page and um, on my Facebook page. Go check them out to the Arizona Timeless Tourist. That place, again, absolutely wonderful. Go check it out. It's 20 miles south of Tucson off the I-19, exit 69 to your right. And um, take your kids. At the end of the um, uh, the presentation, we were walking out, and the guy saw my camera. And he says, uh, I want you to get this out to as many people as possible. Do you have a social media page? And I'm like, yeah, I got quite a few of them. And he's like, please. He's like, I want as many teenagers in this museum this year as possible. He's like, because he's, he's like, when, when he's there and he asks these 17, 18-year-olds the questions about the Cold War, they have no clue. And I'm like, yeah, they probably don't teach that anymore in schools. And he says, well, definitely not. And he's like, but it's not just the... Uh, 17, 18 year olds, he's like, it's the 30 and 40 year olds that never knew about the Titan missile, nor have any clue about the history of the Cold War in their in their late 30s, early 40s. And to this guy, you could just see it on his face. It amazed him that these people didn't know this history because of the questions that he was getting during the tour. So I definitely, of course, the Arizona Timeless Tours threw this out to every social media outlet over 12 months ago, and it was picked up by a gentleman who used to work in a Titan missile uh, silo back then, and uh, it went from, when it was first published, I think it got like 400 views, and then it just went stagnant, like most of my videos on YouTube, and, uh, you know, five or six months later, uh, somehow it went from 500 to 1,000 in 48 hours and from 1,000 to 1,500 in another 48 hours. So you never know when, uh, this, that's a YouTube lesson. You never know when a YouTube video might start picking up speed. It might be stagnant for a year and somebody finds it and starts sharing it with other people and all of a sudden you get 1,500 more views on that video. So uh, check it out. It's at the Arizona Times Tourist YouTube channel. Titan II Missile Museum video. Okay, I'm going to end that here, folks. Um, we are just on the verge of 2021. We are probably, I don't know, 36 or 37 hours out from the time I'm recording this back in my secret closet back here. And uh, looking forward to 2020, uh, looking forward to seeing where the Arizona Timeless Tours, where this takes me in the 2020. I'm, I am. I'm really looking forward to it. I got a lot on my plate. I got a lot of things I want to do with this channel and with this podcast. Hopefully those things come true and uh, we bring you even, even better content in 2021. Again, I'm trying to save up for that uh, equipment that we can take phone calls. And uh, when, we, when I do uh, finally get that piece of equipment, we will go uh, I will set an exact time that we will be, uh, this podcast will be, maybe it'll be every Monday at 6 PM mountain standard time or something like that. And then we'll also be able to record interviews of some unbelievable people that do some unbelievable things in the state of Arizona that I have met in the last three and a half years. So again, if you want to donate to PayPal, that's where the money is going to try to help bring you a better product. All right. Until 2021 folks, Take care, and I'll talk to you later.